afternoon. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. I know I am. I'm just having so much fun today. Oh my god, this day will go down in history. You know why? I got no idea. <laughs> it's just another day, but for many, many people, it is really great because they got to see a lot of new shows happening, trailers, and comic book announcements at the San Diego Comic Con. Now, sadly, I wasn't able to go because, let's be honest, it's really really expensive if this show blows up i will be there trust me i will make sure to be there but it must be interesting especially with no actors there supporting well not supporting but promoting their movies especially with the sag strike and writers strike going on but this episode has nothing to do with that so let's go ahead and move on to our actual topic which is dc and i wanted to basically use this episode to explain why james gunn is the saving grace for DC in their movies and TV shows. Because let's be honest, DC hasn't had the best reputation when it came to those aspects. Well, let's say more movies than TV shows. Their TV shows were awesome. Justice League Unlimited, Justice League, Justice League Action. We're getting a new Batman series. So those stuff are fine. I'm just talking more about their films like Justice League or more recently, uh, the Flash, Shazam 2, Black Adam, which haven't really been big hits. And like I said, I want to explain why I think James Gunn is going to be their saving grace. Now, I will come out and admit that James Gunn did kind of destroy the studio's box office success in a way. Because honestly, when he announced back in December that nothing was going to matter because we were rebooting everything, I mean, for me, I didn't really want to go see Shazam. I went to see The Flash because, you know what, Michael Keaton was in it and my dad wanted to see it. But I didn't have any need to because in my head, I'm like, it won't matter. All All these movies, they're just going to become fluff. It's not going to connect to the new universe, or I thought that The Flash was going to somehow, but that didn't happen. And when basically you announced that a reboot was happening and none of the movies were going to connect, it kind of dampers any hope for people to come out and say, hey, I want to see Shazam 2 because they might make a sequel. And of course, there was rumors that Ezra Miller, despite all the things that he was accused of and getting arrested for, was still going to be attached to The Flash even after uh, the new universe and all that stuff. But with The Flash kind of bombing, I really doubt that's going to happen. But anyway, I wanted to basically go back to the beginning Not the beginning of the Snyderverse, I've already covered that, but beginning to why James Gunn was basically brought in to kind of save DC after they tried a different method. And for this beginning, I'm going back to Black Adam and how originally everything was going to stay the same with Black Adam being kind of the main star of the DC universe, especially since Dwayne The Rock Johnson was calling all the shots. And he was basically calling all the shots. He said, hey, I don't want this person. Uh, And when I mean this person, he basically banned any of the Shazam characters from appearing in Black Adam. And none of the Black Adam characters, except for Jennifer Holland. Yep, actually, yeah, just Jennifer Holland appeared in Shazam. 
I mean, he went out of his way to say, no, we're not doing anything with Shazam. I want this character to have its own thing. And the one thing he made sure was that Black Adam was not going to be the villain, that he was going to be some type of hero. Because I guess Dwayne The Rock Johnson didn't want to be a villain, which makes no sense because Black Adam is Shazam's biggest villain. Only more recently, and I'm guessing it's because The Rock wanted him to be an anti-hero, in the comics, Black Adam is taking more of a heroic role. It's weird, but in the comic, it kind of makes sense because of his history, but again, in the movie, he should have started off as a villain, especially in Shazam 2. Two, but I guess it is what it is. But one thing that's even more interesting was the fact that Dwayne The Rock Johnson in his contract could not lose a fight. That's right. He couldn't lose a fight. So, I mean, he was going to win every fight he was going to be in. Sure, he might have gotten beaten up, but he was not going to lose. So, yeah, that was that. And again, Warner Brothers banked on his stardom to bring fans in, especially with them announcing that Henry Cavall was going to return as Superman. And at the end credits of Black Adam, they basically hinted on a clash between the two characters, which actually... retrospect would have been cool but like I said before The Rock has I cannot lose a fight so and since this universe was going to be Black Adam centered even if they were to fight it either would have ended in a draw or Black Adam would have won so yeah that takes kind of out the oh my god and the hype But anyway, uh, once the movie released, it ended up becoming a box office bomb. And after that, talks about other movies in this Black Adam-centered universe ended up dying. And a lot of movies that were going to be made ended up being shelved. Heck, even after watching the new Flash movie, it was clear that they were going to do a reset to make some changes and blame it on the Flashpoint. Most notably, the change in actors for Batman from Ben Affleck to Michael Keaton. Because that was going to be one of the biggest things. Because Ben Affleck, he didn't want to do Batman anymore. He moved on, so they needed a Batman. So why not have Michael Keaton fill in the spot as a much older Batman? Which would have kind of connected some of the HBO Max original stuff they were going for, especially with Batgirl. Because in the Batgirl movie, Michael Keaton was the main Batman. They were going to introduce uh, Firefly as the main villain, have Batgirl come in and be a sidekick. Whether or not he would have been the first, shoot, my bad, she would have been the first sidekick, I got no idea. Maybe there would have been a Nightwing somewhere in there, but again, I have no idea. And we all know what happened to Batgirl, that thing got shelved. But in late 2022, it was announced that James Gunn and Peter Safran were going to be the heads of DC Film and TV, with Peter taking over the business side and, of course, James Gunn taking over the creative stuff. And in December of 2022, they basically announced that Henry Cavill was not going to return as Superman and that they were going to reset everything. So no go. 
Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, no uh, Michael Keaton as the new Batman, none of that stuff. But of course, they held off until 2023 in January to make any other announcements until their conference. And basically, it shook a lot of fans because they had already seen a lot of the trailers for the upcoming Flash movie. And Shazam, they were waiting to hear more on the Aquaman movie, especially after just a couple months before they said, hey, we're going to do a Henry Cavill versus Black Adam and all that stuff. And when the January conference came, we were told about the new lineup for DC, which included movies and TV shows that were all gonna be connected, including the animated stuff, which was going to be interesting since that had never been done before. And we were going to be introduced to James Gunn's DC Universe, starting off with Superman. And it was going to be called Superman Legacy. Everyone was kind of excited because one, James Gunn was going to write and direct this movie. And considering how well the Guardians of the Galaxy movie did, I'm super excited. Really excited. I mean, he brought so much emotion to the Guardians movie that I am looking forward to seeing that in uh, Frick in Superman, especially with Lex Luthor, and considering that he's still trying to pick a Lex Luthor, I'm hoping to God it's much better than Jesse Eisenberg. But anyway, uh, during this conference, they also announced that we were going to get the Monster Commandos, uh, Peacemaker Season 2, Amanda Waller, Batman Brave and the Bold, Swamp Thing, The Authority, Supergirl, Booster Gold, Paradise Lost, and Lanterns. And later, this is after the conference, of course, it was announced that Blue Beetle was going to take place in the James Gunn DC universe. But again, we'll go ahead and talk about that a little later. But yeah, after the conference, it was announced that everybody was going to be recasted. We're getting a new cast and people were excited to see who was going to be in this new universe. Now, they did announce that some of the actors who were in the pre-Gun stuff, well, let me replace that, the pre-James Gunn universe, but were still characters in James Gunn movie and TV shows were going to be returning. That included Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, John Cena, Jennifer Holland, and Steve Agee, who played John Economos. If you don't remember who that is, he's basically the dude who kept denying that he dyed his beard. Now, two other actors that I believe are returning, and this is not confirmed, is Freddie Stroma and Danielle Brooks. They played uh, Vigilante, and the other one played Waller's daughter. So again, these are the people who are confirmed and maybe confirmed for the post-James Gunn universe, which is pretty cool because one, it'd be good to see some familiar characters. And let's be honest, John Cena played the hell out of Peacemaker and I can't picture anyone else playing that part. And let's not forget, Viola Davis was great as Amanda Waller. I really liked her character and how she brought Amanda Waller to life. She really embodies Amanda Waller. So I'm excited to see that she's coming back for her own TV show too. So that's going to be really cool. But yeah, everyone else was going to be recasted. And you know what? Actually, and it's kind of funny, there were actually talks for Shazam and Flash to cross over. But since both movies kind of bombed at the box office, those chances came and went. Because let's be honest, Shazam, before of course Shazam 2, 
didn't have any connections or showed any of the other actors who played the superhero. Sure, they had mentions, but until Shazam 2 with Gal Gadot basically having a cameo at the end, they could have easily said, oh yeah, he takes place in the new universe and all that stuff. But because his movie bombed, I really doubt anyone's going to come back and see it. And not to mention, it was kind of obvious that they were wanting to have Black Adam appear in Shazam 2 Fury of the Gods, and the new stuff they have is just bad. It wasn't that great, it was kind of creepy at times, especially with the whole love story that they were trying to do. But anyway, one thing that you could tell was that Warner Brothers was very desperate and scared that people weren't going to come to see the movie, that they basically ended up spoiling the surprise cameo like I said Gal Gadot playing Wonder Woman I didn't know that she was going to appear in the new Shazam movie until they basically said hey Gal Gadot's in this come and see the movie which of course was meant to garner interest to kind of save them the box office failure but it didn't it still bombed and I mean like I said the movie was subpar and when it came to the flash good God, did that come with its own set of problems. I mean, think about it. It was a movie that had asked the question, did people forgive Ezra Miller for the illegal stuff that he was accused and arrested for? And we got our answer, no, they did not. And the one thing that was really dumb and people pointed out was how Warner Brothers basically doubled down on Ezra Miller showing that they had double standards for him. Compare this to what, four or five years ago when Johnny Depp was accused of abuse? They couldn't drop him fast enough from the Fantastic Beast series, despite J.K. Simmons defending him and wanting him to continue in the series. And here's the thing, fans didn't know if Warner Brothers didn't want to spend the extra money on reshoots with a new actor, or the fact that since he was a non-binary actor, they didn't want to fire him and be accused of discrimination. Whatever the reasoning was, it did not help the film and garnered so much bad press. And when it came to promoting the film, they used Michael Shannon and Sasha Cali to basically say, hey, come see this movie. And using Sasha Cali, who played Supergirl and who had less than 15 minutes of screen time to promote the movie. I mean, she was great as Supergirl, I'm not going to lie, but it kind of shows like, hey, we can't use Ezra Miller because if we get him in front of a mic and he says something dumb, no one else is going to come see the movie. And when it came to Michael Keaton, I mean, I really doubt he cared if he promoted the movie or not. The man got paid and I mean, people love him as Batman. That's what that's that's the awesome part. But not only after the film was released, did it do worse than Black Adam did, but it lost much, much more money than Green Lantern did. And that is saying something that was insane. And here's the funny part. The director, the dude who basically for The Flash doubled down on Ezra Miller as well, supported him returning as The Flash saying that this guy, this guy is my Flash and wanted him for the sequel, which we know is not happening, is set to direct the upcoming Batman film. Is he still going to be director after the catastrophe that was The Flash movie? I have no idea, especially with all the criticisms of The Flash movie that didn't include Ezra Miller and what I mean by that I mean the CGI oh my god how did they mess up so badly on the CGI half the time I thought I was looking at a PlayStation 2 credit 
or a game scene. And I'm there like, why is this so bad? You had millions of dollars. You basically had all of your VX artists at your disposal and you made the this decision hell the director kept saying that he basically made the movie this way and this was how it was supposed to be as a way of a defense and you know what i wouldn't be surprised if they ended up changing directors for the batman film because they don't want a catastrophe or a flop like this one i just hope he's not writing it because if he is god he is going to bomb that movie then again he still has to get it by james gunn but i i'm just saying this they should just cut directors now because we even though batman films don't use heavily or a lot of cgi at least the recent ones haven't Ooh, i am very scared to see what he's going to do with all that cgi that he's blessed us with in the flash one thing i found extremely funny was that in the flash movie like i stated before it was plainly obvious that they were using this flashpoint storyline to reboot some characters and i gotta say I actually looked it up and there were supposed to be a couple of alternating endings. One of them having Michael Keaton by himself, the other one with having him and Supergirl there. And of course, they ended up going with a third one since at this point, they knew that everything was going to be rebooted and nothing was going to end up mattering. And that was the George Clooney coming back. I gotta say, I honestly liked that. That was actually kind of funny because I remember watching the scene with my dad and my god did he let out one of the biggest laughs i did too because you gotta admit that was kind of funny showing off one of the worst batman cast okay let's be honest he was actually a really good bruce wayne not really a good batman in one of the worst batman movies that's probably more accurate but it was kind of funny having him back even for just a few seconds i thought it was really good one of the only good things in the flash movie but yeah i mean they were already trying to have this movie centered around having everything to do with the whole black adam centered stuff but since that wasn't going to matter and they knew the flash wasn't going to lead into anything they just left it up as oh who knows maybe this is going to send us a message or give us a hint of what's to come but it didn't heck even the after credit with jason momoa made no sense since it didn't lead to anything oh yeah he's drunk Okay, was that supposed to mean anything to us? No idea. I honestly thought it might give us some hints into the new Aquaman movie, which they announced they had to go through a bunch of reshoots to take out Ben Affleck because they didn't want to give us any hints on what's to come since technically Aquaman is going to be the end of this whole Zack Snyder universe stuff, which is kind of sad because I actually like Jason Momoa as Aquaman. But... From my understanding, after he's done playing Aquaman, he's coming back as Lobo, which, again, that is amazing. I honestly think that he should have been Lobo in the first place, but to be fair, he did kind of bring life back into Aquaman, showing that he's not just a character to be made fun of, that he was actually a really cool character, and the way he portrayed him, I'll give him credit when credit is due. I look forward to whoever's going to play Aquaman, because they're going to have some pretty big shoes to fill. But... Like I said, after The Flash, DC and Warner Brothers were kind of in trouble because they had three movies 
that had lost them millions of dollars. None of them were wins. All of them were duds. And that's where I think they had the idea for the upcoming Blue Beetle film, having it set in the new James Gunn universe. Because one, they knew that no one was going to go see Blue Beetle. Why should we? None of it's going to matter. If they have an end credit scene, why should we be excited? Everything's going to be reset. So having Blue Beetle set in the new James Gunn universe is smart. Because in the trailer, sure, they brought up Batman. I'm guessing that Ted Kord was a character in this universe. But they don't have to show any of that. They could just make movie references since in James Gunn's new DC universe, all the heroes have already been established. We're not getting another origin story. So they can make references without having us to show the characters. So I'm excited for that. And if anything, I'm super excited that a Latino lead might be the saving grace and be 2023's only DC film to make profit. You know why I say that? Because I do not know if the new Aquaman movie coming out in December is going to make a profit. I really don't. And another thing that's actually kind of funny is that this was going to be originally a Max film. HBO Max, now Max. But yeah, it was going to be a straight-to-streaming film, but got pushed to theaters. And I saw the trailer. It looks pretty cool. You know what they can do also? Make references to the Green Lantern since we know the Lantern's TV show is going to be coming. And that we got a new casting for one of the biggest Green Lanterns in DC and that was Nathan Fillion as Guy Gardner. So again, they can do a lot of stuff with Blue Beetle since he kind of connects to the Green Lanterns and the space adventures. But one thing that was kind of interesting to see during all this failures was a lot of people going around blaming everything on James Gunn. Like I said, I admitted in the beginning that him telling fans that everything was going to be recasted, everything was going to get rebooted, kind of hurt the potential sales. But come on, let's be honest. Warner Brothers was already failing to begin with. If that was the case, blaming all of it on James Gunn, Black Adam would have done well, but it didn't. So blaming everything on James Gunn is insane. And you know who's doing it the most? Snyder fans. Oh my God, at this point, I'm calling them a cult because they are so convinced that Netflix is going to be buying the rights to the Snyderverse to finish out what Zack Snyder started. It's beyond ridiculous and they're taking every little thing he says and making polls saying, hey, look, he's giving us hints. He's being subtle about it. Like I said, at this point, it's a cult because nobody else is going to believe that Zack Snyder is bringing the DC characters to Netflix. Warner Brothers isn't letting go of DC at all. The Snyderverse is dead. I'm sorry, but that's the cold heart truth. And you know what? The Snyderverse wasn't even that good to begin with. Batman vs. Superman was terrible. I have no idea where he was going with that at all. And basically making a four-hour Justice League movie. While the Justice League movie was good, why the heck did you make it four hours basically making each character have an origin story or showing, hey, this is what the character's all about? You know what you do? You have their movies come out first so people can understand them, not rush into it trying to catch up to Marvel. 
But anyway, like I said, the Snyderverse is dead and it wasn't good to begin with. And as I stated previously, I'm excited for James Gunn and what he's going to bring to the table because with Guardians of the Galaxy being a success and people loving it, especially with the raw emotion it brought, I'm happy to see that being uh, displayed with Superman Legacy. And they announced the new cast members for Superman Legacy, which included David Cornsweet as Superman, Rachel uh, Bronson, I think that's the pronunciation, as Lois Lane, again, Nathan Fillion as Guy Garner, which surprised me because I figured he was going to be Hal Jordan but you know what Guy Gardner let's see it I am wondering if he's going to rock the ginger uh bull cut if he is oh that's gonna be funny Anthony Cargan as Metamorpho which is really cool because he's a hero that really hasn't had a live action counterpart and I'm a really big fan of Metamorpho you can really do a lot uh I'm I'm probably gonna butcher this guy's name Eddie Dathaji as Mrs. Terrific which I'm super excited for because Mr. Terrific is such an awesome character I hate what they did to him in the basically the Arrowverse making him a sidekick Terrible, terrible things. But anyway, they have Isabella uh, Marced as Hawkgirl. And I'm really excited because one, we're having Lex Luthor, of course, as the main villain. But having all these heroes showing, hey, this world isn't empty. I don't know if they're going to be here for all of the movie or they're just going to show up being, hey, these guys are on the screen or Superman goes and talks to them or even fights some of them. That would be kind of cool. And it would be a nice change of pace than doing an origin story, which we've seen. We've seen Superman's origin story a hundred times, whether that would have been in film, TV shows, or whatever. Let's just move on from the whole origin story. I'm just glad that the new Batman Brave and the Bold is going to be him being Batman for a set amount of years. We don't need to see the whole parents getting shot again. We really don't. But anyway, uh, one thing I'm super excited about is that James Gunn is bringing obscure characters and putting them into the new DC universe. Like I said, Booster Gold as one of the new stuff coming out, I didn't expect that. Uh, when it came to Swamp Thing, I know a lot of people really love the TV show, me included. I wonder if he got inspiration from that but the creature commandos that one really surprised me including the authority those are i didn't even know who the authority was until i had to look them up and when it came to the creature commandos it was about the same i wasn't familiar with them but now that i had looked them up i'm super excited about it because again we're talking about james gunn the person who made guardians of the galaxy super popular because before the movie they were an obscure b team that no one really knew about and after the movie they became one of the best characters and well known heck guardians of the galaxy 3 is probably the best marvel movie we're gonna get in 2023 probably gonna be the truth but maybe the marvels will surprise us i doubt it but who knows but like i said i'm confident in james gunn with dc and i hope everybody is too and if blue beetle fails i guarantee you the loudest criticisms are going to come from the cult of the snyder because at this point like i said they're a cult they're crazy absolutely insane but it will, I guess time will tell. Hopefully Blue Beetle does good. Heck, maybe Aquaman will be good too and surprise everybody. I'm just hoping. And that's all I can do at this point. We're still a couple of months away. Or actually, no, we're at the end of July. What am I saying? We're basically a month away from Blue Beetle and about six months until, oh wow, I'm bad at math. Five months until Aquaman 2. Hope it's good. 
We'll see what happens. But anyway, that's it for this episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. And I hope you guys have a blessed day. Goodbye. See you later. Sayonara. Have a blessed one. Goodbye.